Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back on. Uh, but now I've got to say he's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. It's Jim Jordan. Representative, how are you? Good to talk to you, Jim. I'm fine, Pat. Good to be with you. You, you know, it's happy interesting. Happy New Year to you. No, happy New Year to you, too. Um, it's interesting. You were questioned when the whole fight for Speaker was happening as to whether you wanted yeah. the job. And you said you didn't. Now, I think you would have been an incredible Speaker. But I love what you said. If you don't mind, repeat to my audience why you didn't want to be the Speaker and you'd rather have the job you have now. Well, because, frankly, the Judiciary Committee has is, is historically been the committee that protects your freedom, that protects the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, your First Amendment liberties, your Second Amendment rights. And I think, frankly, under the Democrats, it's been just the opposite. They've been going after your, your freedoms and rights. They've been uh, running cover for the, you know, the, the government that wanted the executive branch that wanted to set up the disinformation governance board, right. the, the government that wanted to take away your, your Second Amendment liberties. So we want to focus on that. And then this, this issue that it sure looks like. Uh, and number of whistleblowers have come talk to us about this, that there's now a political focus at the Justice Department, and it is no longer equal treatment under the law. So we really want to get into that and, and, and get the facts out there and the truth out there to the American people, because that's always the first step in stopping this kind of behavior. I want to delve into that further in a second. I, I appreciate you re-explaining that to my audience. I thought it was a great answer, because I, I was saying Jim Jordan would be a great speaker, but yeah, hell yeah, he'd be an incredible committee chair of uh, the Judiciary Committee, and I'm glad you explained what that job is. Let's get into the documents. You and I both know that two entities have the ability to declassify classified documents. The first entity mm-hmm. is is the department head or the entity, whatever whoever it was that classified it, can then declassify it. Or the president of the United States. The vice president cannot declassify anything he didn't classify, and he certainly can't store documents in his garage. Jim, what do you make of this? Because this, I mean, for God's sakes, he had these documents for six years, and the White House is acting like he's been transparent the whole time. Well, they've been anything but transparent. You're exactly right. Fundamentally, the Supreme Court has held this. This is how our constitutional system works. The ultimate authority on declassification is the president, the head of the executive branch, the commander in chief. Uh, not, not, not anyone else. In the end, at the end of the day, it's the, it's the president. This idea that they come out and say we've been transparent. Never forget the timeline. November 2nd, they find classified documents at the Penn Biden Center. December 18th, they find classified documents in the garage. CBS reports on it January 9th. The White House confirms. CBS reports on the Penn Biden Center documents. CBS uh, reports that. The White House confirms it. But when they confirm it, they don't tell us, oh, oh by the way, there's also additional documents that we know about because they were found on December 18th. Why didn't they tell us that? I mean, there are so many questions here. Why were they looking in the first place? What prompted them to go look? I mean, this has been six years. Uh, did Joe Biden just suddenly remember it? Or did people like, oh, sugar, there's probably some documents out there. We better go check. Who knows what the, what the motivation was from the get-go? So there are a ton of questions. There's the, the different standards, the double standard, and how Biden was treated versus President Trump. All these questions. And frankly, I think we, as the American people, are entitled to the answers. And the, far, and the far left media, by the way, you already know this, is reporting that what Trump did is far more egregious than what Biden did. And it's really just the opposite. Trump had these documents that I can make the argument, you probably could too, were declassified just by him saying, take these boxes to my house. But at his house, there's yeah. something that is just like yeah. a skiff. At his house, you've got the Secret Service guarding this. At his house, the DOJ said, can you put another lock on it? And he did. And Biden's back in his Corvette into, into boxes of documents in his garage in a house that Hunter Biden was renting from him, allegedly for 50000 a month. Jim, this whole thing stinks. Yeah, yeah it's like you can't make this stuff up. Um, and remember, as you point out, President Trump was working with the archives, with the Department of Justice. As you said, they came to his house. They, 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 they reviewed things. 
He, they said, put the lock on the room. He did. Uh, versus what we've now learned is the Department of Justice was offered to come along and they said, no, no, we'll let you do it. But uh, Joe Biden's personal attorneys we will let you go examine this stuff. You, we don't need to come along. Well, h- think about how different that is. Yeah. And then I always point out this, too. The uh, when they did find the documents and the DOJ went, then the White House counsel went along with them as well. President Trump didn't get any of those kind of uh, uh, ex- none of that was extended to President Trump. So and, and the difference, frankly, between I, I remember when we had Secretary Clinton in front of the Benghazi committee, one of the things we, we, we posed to her was, um, you, you know, Secretary Clinton, you got 60 some thousand emails. Um, you say that, you know, some of these are personal. OK, fine. We don't need to see your personal. We, we don't want to see. We have this thing called privacy in America. We want to respect that. That's that's really important. But we don't exactly trust you and your lawyers to give us what, what, what the American people are entitled to see, what we're entitled right. to get for our investigation. How about we have a neutral third party like a retired federal judge examine those? And she's like, no, 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 we can't do that. We'll do it. We'll decide. Her and her lawyers. And, of course, they, they destroyed like 30,000 emails. Right. So President Trump wasn't the, – the, the, he wasn't allowed to have his lawyers do it. He wasn't allowed to have a neutral third party judge. The DOJ came in, raided his home after they'd been there, and he'd locked them up just like he said. And they went through – the, the first lady's cl- uh, closet, for goodness sake. So wh- what a difference in treatment. And again, that's something I think the American people, uh, just common sense tells them is wrong. Yeah, exactly right. District 4 Republican, the great state of Ohio. He's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. It's Jim Jordan. When it comes to access to the, pe- to the Penn Biden Center, um, do we know who had keys? Do we know who had access to that room? And why would his lawyers all of a sudden, as you said, show up and decide, let me look through what he's got here? Yeah, I don't know what prompted him. I think that's a fundamental question. I don't know if we know, you know, who owns the building, who the maintenance crew is, who's got access, who's got keys. There's, there's, there's a lot of questions there. Where are the pictures? You know, because the FBI doesn't go along, because the DOJ doesn't go along on these, on these searches, we don't have the same the pictures that we got from the when they when they searched uh, President Trump's residence. Right. So uh, again, all kinds of just. The double standard drives Americans crazy because it's not just with these classified documents. Think how pro-life uh, activists praying in front of an abortion clinic are treated versus how the pro-abortion protesters in front of Supreme Court justices' homes with the intention of trying to influence a decision, which is direct violation of a statute, 18 U.S.C. Section 1507. Think of the disparity in treatment there. So just time and time again, this is why we've had so many whistleblowers come talk to us FBI agents come to us as whistleblowers to our Republican staff on the district committee and tell us just how egregious and how political that place has become. Hey, well, I want to go there now. It's Congressman Jim Jordan. I appreciate you taking the time. Have you spoken with Steve Friend? Have you spoken with Kyle Serafin? Have you spoken to these whistleblowers? And, and will their testimony yep. be in, in open court where we can hear how our DOJ yep. has been weaponized against us all? We certainly expect Steve uh, and, and, and Kyle, they have spoke to our staff. Um, to, to come forward because they've already they've already went public. You right. know, Kyle Serafin was was on uh, on a number of shows, um, so we, we we certainly expect that. We think they'd be willing to sit for a deposition, and, and we think they'd be willing to testify. There are a number of others who who we believe have been retaliated against. Who wow. we think have they come talk to our staff, and then next thing you know, they get their security clearance yanked. Some of them have been suspended. Some of them felt they they just had to resign because of what was happening to them. So we've had a number of these. We think many of them are going to be willing to sit for a deposition and come appear in 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 public hearing as well. And we want them to tell their story because I've never seen anything like this in my time in Congress where you had this many, now over a couple dozen, come forward and and talk to us about 
what, what they see wrong at the highest levels. What one agent said, at the, at, talking about the highest levels, not the rank and file agents, but the t- top levels at the Washington field office, he said it's rotted at its core was the phrase he used about the upper upper leadership of the FBI. Well, I've had both friend and uh, Seraphin on my show, and both of them have been retaliated yep. against, as you know. They're both suspended yep. without yep. pay, and it's been months, like six, eight months uh, for, for these guys. And all they wanted to do was tell the truth. And, and at the end of the day, they're relying on the American public to really rise up and, and back them. What I, really, what I do enjoy, Jim, is that, is that they were willing to do this, and I think it, I think it yep. buoys you and I when it comes to the DOJ. Not everybody's bad. Uh, but the frontline people, no, I, generally speaking, aren't. It, it is the higher-ups. I think you're exactly right. I think the rank-and-file guys are good guys who love this country, just like the, the, the rank-and-file people in our military are great Americans wanting to serve our country. Uh, sometimes, though, it's the folks at the top in our military, as an example, who are all pushing all this woke baloney. Yes. Uh, and, it's, and it's the folks at the very top of the FBI who are pushing this political narrative that <clears throat> it just doesn't, it's not what they should be doing. And I would argue when you do that, you, it's the old opportunity cost uh, uh, principle. When you're focusing on all this political stuff, there are other things that don't get done that should get done for the betterment of our country. And that's, that's why these guys are coming for, you saw Nicole Parker's piece. She yes. said, the reason I left the FBI is because of all this politics. So that's what we want to change. It's uh, a <laughs> judiciary uh, house judiciary committee chairman, Jim Jordan. We appreciate the time and the access Jim. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. We know the DOJ, the FBI specifically had it, uh, for more than a year before the election in 2020. They had it in 2019, I think in December. It was offered in September, because I've talked to the, to the shop owner, the Mac uh, shop owner. Um, they, they, it was offered yep. in September. They said, we don't want it. Don't give it to us. And then finally they came and took it, and they sat on it for a full year. We know they had a guy in charge of just running um, uh, interference so that people like you wouldn't find out more about it. And then we had 51 either current or former Intel top-level guys all signed off on a letter saying it was Russian disinformation. We now have at least one of them came out yesterday and said, oh, yep. we, we, we knew that it was real. But, but I'm not, I'm, I don't regret right. saying what I said because I think that it served its purpose. Can the Judiciary Committee now call those 51 in front of you and make them explain why they oh, yeah. did that? Oh, yeah. We want to know who, who, who actually, who was the one of the, because not all 51 didn't put the letter together. My guess is both right. of them just signed it. Uh, so who was the lead person putting it together? Uh, what did they base it on? Had they talked to the FBI prior to putting the letter together? Because the FBI then used the letter as a predicate to go to social media companies and say, hey, you want to be on the lookout for, for Russian information operations. Yeah. Um, uh, so how did that all, how was that all coordinated? We think that's really important because, again, that became the basis for the suppression of the Hunter Biden story, the throttling back of that story, so the American people didn't get to hear it. Literally just days and weeks before the most important election we have in the country, which is election of who's going to be president of the United States. So. We think that's really important. And, of course, during this whole time, the government, the FBI, was meeting with the social media companies on a weekly basis and was actually paying Twitter, we know. Now, I don't know how much they were paying Facebook, uh, but they were paying Twitter $3.4 million. So so this whole Twitter file stuff that we've now seen we think is critically important. That's one of the things we want to do in the committee is have have those individuals come forward and talk to us about the Twitter files as well. Um, all that I think is important to get the facts on the table for the country. Are we going to ever find out exactly what we're going to do with, with uh, Hunter Biden? We, he, on his own laptop, Jim, he admits to all these crimes. He admits to his father being the ringleader. He admits to his uncle and his aunt being involved. Uh, what, nothing mm-hmm. is ever going to – this guy's flying around in Air Force One going on vacation with the president. Yeah, this, the, the, those issues I think will largely be handled in, in the Oversight Committee. Okay. Uh, Chairman Comer has indicated that he wants to see the suspicious activity reports. These are 
you know, as the name would suggest, suspicious banking activity that get put together in a report right. that Treasury then has. Um, and, and for the first time, the White House has said, we're not going to make those available to Congress. Um, and so Mr. Comer hasn't been able to get access to them. We, we, other than two of them, and we, he believes that there are now over 150 of those. So that's where he's going to focus. Uh, and that investigation will be largely done out of, out of oversight. It's uh, U.S. Representative Jim Jordan. Uh, he's a District 4 Republican, great state of Ohio, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Is it in your purview, Jim, to take a look at the January 6th detainees? And I bring that up uh, to compare it to, to the Sam Bankman-Fried guy who may have pulled off uh, a, a bigger fraud than even Bernie Madoff, and he's out on bail while we still have people behind bars locked up, no Eighth Amendment yeah. rights whatsoever. Is this your committee that yeah, looks at right. how they're being treated? Yeah, because... Um a number of the whistleblowers that have come forward have talked to us about January 6th. And, um, you know, the, the, the whole politics of January 6th uh, at, at the Justice Department, the idea that there's a domestic violent extremist behind every tree, according to, the, to, the, to, to some of the whistleblowers. Right. So a number of them have talked to us about that issue. So we do anticipate uh, looking at that, uh, again, based on what we know, how many of these, these, these defendants have been just held in prison now for over a year um, and, and, uh, and what whistleblowers have told us about it. Will you be able to bring a Ray Epps in front of your committee so that we can publicly hear who the guy is? We, ha- we haven't decided on, on those things yet. We, we have some ideas what we want to do with some of our initial hearings, sure. uh, what we want to focus on. Um, I do think we want to bring in some of the people who've been targeted. Here's a, I mean, a great example is we know that through a whistleblower, 25 parents, via the apparatus that, that Merrick Garland set up with his memorandum on, on the school boards, we know 25 parents had the FBI show up at their home. Wow. None of them were arrested. That's so our knowledge, No one was charged with anything. But, you know, you get, a, you get the FBI agent, uh, some FBI agent knocking on your door simply because you spoke out at a, at a school board meeting. I mean, you, you talk about chilling First Amendment protected free speech. If that doesn't chill free speech, I don't know what does. Yeah. So uh, that happened 25 times around the country because of this, this, this snitch line that that attorney general of the United States put in place so some some busybody can rat out their neighbor thinking, oh, they're in one, in one situation that the whistleblower told us about it was because the mom was in the group's Moms for Liberty and their family owned firearms. Come well, that's man. half the people I represent. for goodness. Exactly right. <laughs> that's just in rural America. And, and, and now the FBI is going to visit. So we'll, we'll, I think we'll have some of those people as well. It's clearly intimidation. I'm, gu- <laughs> I'm guessing the DHS and the border probably falls under oversight. <laughs> But in the judicial in the judiciary committee, can you take a look at the fact that the federal government is refusing to enforce the law? Is that your your, your purview on that one? Well, that yeah, relative to the border, yes, it sure is. Yeah. I mean, we have primary jurisdiction over immigration law, and when you have that situation, not to mention it was the DHS that tried to implement the disinformation governance board, right? As if some federal agency was going to tell us what we're allowed to say, what we're not allowed to say. I mean, think about that. That is frightening. In America, with our Constitution, our First Amendment, our Bill of Rights, that's crazy. But that is exactly what they attempted to do. Thank goodness we all raised a concern about that. Folks like you were talking about it, yes. and they decided, oh, we're, we, we probably shouldn't do this. But the fact they were attempting to and, and they thought it was justified, it's just so wrong. Well, you guys are working to make sure that laws are applied equally, that we all have freedom and liberty, and that the government isn't stomping on us. You've got Sheila Jackson Lee from Houston, not far from where I sit, uh, who has decided that uh, she wants a bill to pass that would restrict the free speech rights of white people. Uh, Jim, when you see something, it's, it's stupid. It's not going to go anywhere. I mean, I get that. But when you see something like that going on, is 
Is the left just detached? Are they just looking to to put a uh, some sort of a cog in the gear so that you guys can't do anything? What, what do you think is going on with that? Well, the same week that they, they have a bill like this introduced, they're telling us you can't have a gas dump. And never forget, this is the same party that said we should act, that they wanted to defund the police. Right. So there is not a dumb idea that the left hasn't embraced. I mean, these are just, it's, it's wrong, it's dangerous, it's, it's a threat to liberty. It is. And it's just plain stupid. So, I mean, you can't have a gas stove? Like, what? Are right. you kidding it's me? It's so dumb. So, this, is, this is the crazy left. It is, and I'm glad that that the the not crazy Jim Jordan is now is now heading this uh, this committee. Uh, we're looking forward to, to the hard work that you that you're sure to put in. We know how hard you work for District Four in Ohio, but also for the entire country. And thank you so much for always making time for my show. Thank you, Jim. Well, you bet. Thanks for all the hard work you do. We all appreciate it. Hi, right, brother. Thank you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pad Show. Some excellent insight from the new chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Jim Jordan gives great reasons why he didn't want to be the speaker. What he's going to be doing about January 6th and the detainees, the whistleblowers. We talked a lot about the Biden documents and all that. And on top of much other, like like the border. I mean, the House Judiciary Committee chair has a lot of power and he can bring people in. He he said that he's looking to find out who wrote that, that, that letter that all 51 of those either former or current intel agents uh, signed off on he wants to know who wrote it and he wants to bring that person in and he wants to find out why did you write that about hunter biden's laptop all very interesting stuff i'll post that tonight remember all of my interviews are on rumble rumble.com slash joe pags j-o-e-p-a-g-s go and watch them all huckabee's on there from yesterday seth dylan is on there you go down the list you find the that favorite interview that you wanted to hear again go to rumble.com slash joe pags or download the rumble app and put in j-o-e-p-a-g-s plus there are three new come on videos on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Joe Talk Show. J-O-E-T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. Quick break here. Much more to come, including Kevin Sorbo next hour on the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show.